Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Wouldn't it like totally suck if he didn't answer when we called? <laughs> oh, don't say that. Come on. It's weird because there's no dial tone. Oh, there it is. You reached Ron. Leave a message. Oh no. At the tone, please record your message. When you <laughs> leave a message. Leave a message. You may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Ron, this is uh, Eric over at the uh, Ranger Command Power Hour, just uh, giving you a call. Uh, we're recording on Skype right now, so um, I'll just uh, call back in a second. Thank you. AP, why would you say the thing that you said that happened? <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 35, Ranger Nation interview, Ron Roger, recorded on February 26, 2015. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as The Cinema Slob. Today we are interviewing Ron Roger, best known in Ranger Nation as Captain William Mitchell, he has starred in numerous television roles, most recently in Sleepy Hollow, Amazon's Man in the High Castle, Modern Family, The Middle, Devious Minds, and the feature film The Activist. He primarily trained in theater in San Francisco Bay Area, performing in over 75 plays and musicals before moving to Hollywood and attaining his first ever TV credit. He is also an active theater director with over 35 credits and has been associated with Noah Wiley's prestigious The Blank Theater Company for over 10 years as a director, producer, actor, and company casting director. So uh, welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour, Ron. Wow, that's, that's so exciting. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> so with me are my co-hosts. Uh, we've got AP, a uh, Secret Ranger fan, and Zach, the cinema slob. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first, I just wanted to thank your Facebook page admin, Matt Allred, for helping coordinate this interview. So our first thing, it seems like you're fairly active on Facebook. Can you tell us a little bit more about reaching out to your fans through social media? Uh, it's hard. I have to be honest. I mean, I get some people that uh, want to chat, and that's cool. And if I can, I can. I'm not always on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, I might have periods of time where I could be on Facebook, um, so I, I can reply a lot to them. I had a weird thing with somebody from, um, I think it was like South America or something, that like said something to me in Spanish. And then said something else, and then said something else, and like five times, and I wasn't, I wasn't around, I wasn't on my computer. I don't try to tie Facebook into my phone like a lot of people, I guess. But uh, so it just whenever I happen to go on my computer and go on Facebook, I'll respond. But I guess he got annoyed that I didn't respond to his Spanish messages. But his last thing was a little bit of Spanish that I actually knew, which wasn't very nice. Like, <laughs> like he swear to me, me in Spanish for not replying to him in a timely fashion, I guess. And then I got some people that say hi like 20 times in a row. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> They're like, well, give me something of substance to respond to because if I just say hi back, we're not really having a conversation, are we? So I, yeah. I, I kind of have to pick and choose with the time I have available and the quality of the messages that are being sent. And then I try to be funny, and then I got people going, well, somebody said, is this really the Ron Rocher? And I go, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> not really. 
really angry because probably doesn't know my sense of humor and, and says, well, is it or not, damn it? <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, you're kind of like, well, no, I'm not going to reply to you. So, you know, I have to have my own entertainment as well. It might not make everybody happy, but there you go. Exactly. How often do you do uh, conventions, and is going to conventions something that, like, more frequently is something you're looking into, or...? Again, I, I guess I'm not very good at that whole thing, but I enjoyed going to the last two Power Morphicons, which I think I met you at. But um, yes, the last uh, the last two of them I've gone to, but they only happen once every two years in Pasadena, mm. which also happens to be really close to where I live. So those are easy peasy. I would I would love to get invites to do more conventions and do stuff like that all over the state. Meet fans that are in those states that can't always come to California, but. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I would love it. I would just need to figure out who I need to talk to to do that more. I, I was starting to do that because this past year, with the help of Matt, I uh, put together a Facebook page for Captain Mitchell and yes. got her thousand likes on it. And so someone says, when you get like a thousand likes, that conventions might take you more seriously and bringing you out. So maybe oh, I see. That, that just happened this week. Maybe I can make some more appearances. But if anybody out there has the ability to book people at convention, I'd love to listen. I have a broader spectrum than just the Power Ranger world because I have done over 100 episodes of television in my short 18, 19 years in L.A., so... That's kind of cool. Speaking of your roles in television, a lot of the stuff that I've seen you act in, it seems to be related to service industries like police, military. Is that the type of role you're drawn to? Am I drawn to those? I'm only drawn to those because they pay me to do those roles. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I would love to do a lot more fun stuff, but it seems that my look and my Hollywood typecasting seems to be more of, you look like a cop. Actually, it's funny, And when I first started out, I was told you have to kind of typecast yourself so that the cast directors can remember you for certain type of roles. And so mm-hmm. I, they did this whole promotion thing, and it worked so well that 10 years later, people are still calling me by this, but I always say, Ron Roche, think coaches, cops, contractors. And <laughs> sure enough, that little marketing strategy paid off because everybody thinks of me as one of those, which falls a little bit into what you're talking about. Coaches, cops, contractors. A lot of cops. <laughs> a lot of cops. They look like a cop, whether good or bad. That's up to them. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I think that authority figure helped me uh, get the Captain Mitchell part for Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah, definitely. You play that type of authoritative figure really well. So for Captain Mitchell, was there... Any inspiration in playing his character? Did you have any family members that were in the military that you could look to? Well, yes and no. I I was born in Hawaii because Mm -hmm. my dad was stationed in the Navy. So it's kind of cool to say, man, I was born in Hawaii, but I don't remember it because I left when I was two when they divorced. So And then didn't know my father at all growing up. Um, mm. um, disappeared. I was raised by my stepfather, who was not in the military. So um, I guess I was born in, in a military hospital, but not really didn't have any family inspiration. And also, when I look back on the Captain Mitchell stuff, man, I wish I could have done more takes. <laughs> 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 I look back now as an actor and go, man, I wish I would have taken this acting job more seriously. It's the one that sort of stuck with me all these years. You know, it's mm-hmm. been, I'm 15 years now since we've done the show. Right. Um, 
And, you know, I, I kind of wince a little bit because sometimes I wish I, I would have taken the job as an actor more seriously. Sometimes it was just like, you know, thinking of a kid's show and being a little bit more silly with the lines. And then sometimes you think, man, if I would have just taken it so straight, it would have been so cool. Uh, but sometimes, <laughs> frankly, I look back on some of it and kind of go, oh, well, it was what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> I wish I would have taken, like, you know, serious acting classes and worked out the lines in acting class. And sometimes, as an excuse, like, these Japanese directors would come in frequently and then they'd say, oh, we're just, we're not, we're just going to rehearse this. You rehearse it, but they record it on camera secretly and then they go, okay, move on, we got it. And you're like, well, that was just a rehearsal. I wasn't even, I wasn't even. <laughs> and then up on TV and you're like, well, that was crappy. Oh, man. <laughs> That's my life. According to your IMDb page, you've held a lot of production staff roles in theater and film and TV. And can you tell us a little bit about that side of your career? I didn't even think of acting in TV and movies because to me, when I was growing up in San Francisco, that was so far-fetched for me. And all I did from high school on was theater. There was a couple of times I got to be stand-in. Somebody convinced me to go do stand-in work. So I got the stand-in for Charles Grodin in the movie Heart and Souls with Robert Downey Jr. And he was actually nominated for an Oscar for his role in Chaplin during that shoot. So I was one of the first people to give him a hug. But <laughs> I did stand-in work on a couple things, including Beverly Hillbillies, where I was uh, Jed Varney's stand-in. Uh, Jed Varney played Jed and uh, mm -hmm. two long days of shoots up in Northern California. So anyway, that was my only experience really with TV and film. And then I... I had a good friend, don't get too sad now, but I had a good friend that did pass away, who's my roommate. He was 10 years older when he got cancer, and then he kind of challenged me when he was on his deathbed, that he was like, mm -hmm. we always talked about going to L.A., but you always said next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. And then when he was sick, he said, well, there is no next year for me. I'm not going to be here, but what's your excuse? And I said, I have them. And he said, okay, here's to next year. And so right after he passed away, I packed up my stuff, moved to L.A., and never looked back. And I started... Wow doing TV and film, and for being an older guy, because I was not in my 20s anymore when I went to L.A., uh, I was just 30, so I was fortunate that within a few years I was able to get a decent amount of work and consider myself a working actor. Uh, for somebody that didn't grow up in, in town, I was fortunate that way, I guess. But uh, that little story I told you, we made into a short film and we put it online on YouTube. And if you type in live for the day and type in Ron Roger, it should come up for you. So if you want to see that little dramatic piece of story I just told you in a seven-minute film, there you go. Yeah. Well, what is your favorite acting role or onset experience? I enjoyed the Power Rangers for a lot of reasons. One, it was 40 episodes. I, mm -hmm. I don't every single one. I mean, my credit was in every single beginning. So I enjoyed that part of it. I'm not working. I, I remember at the time that my fellow SAG actors were all on strike, commercial strike at that time, and they were all walking picket lines. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you, but I got to go to work today. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fun. But I really enjoyed working like on shows like Modern Family, that big fan of that show. And I was very thankful. I was in a very funny episode, and people have seen it. And I like doing some of the uh, the darker shows. I did 24 years ago, back when it wasn't even on the air. We didn't even know if it would be on the air because 9-11 had just happened, and 
Fox wasn't thrilled about showing a terrorist show on TV mm-hmm. on 11, but they finally did in November after September 11th, and we shot in like October, so we had no idea if we were shooting a show that was even going to be aired. But that was fun. Keeper was a great guy. I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoy when I get a chance to go away. Sleepy Hollow is in North Carolina for eight days. I did Devious Maids. I was in Atlanta for two weeks. It's always fun because I get to take these little adventures that are days that I'm down and go run around and see other places. I enjoyed it. We occurred on Treme for a couple episodes. But going there was a lot of fun to be in New Orleans or New Orleans, as the locals say. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, the Amazon pilot I did, the Man in the High Castle. We were up in Seattle getting that. In the rain, except for the rain, it was a very fun experience. <laughs> so those are some of my moments that stand out. Oh, well, speaking of Sleepy Hollow, we have one of our listeners. They asked a question, and we've got some listener questions here. So George Hansen Jr. at Silurian Ranger asked, what was it like playing an important figure like Henry Knox on a production like Sleepy Hollow, and would you return if asked? That's a loaded question. I was a fan of Sleepy Hollow before I went there, but when I got back, I was not a fan of the show anymore. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that's not good on that show. Mm. I would would go back if they asked me, because as an actor, I like being paid. (laughs) Right. One, I don't know if the show's coming back. They showed the last episode this week, actually, and it didn't didn't appear like they were going to go on with it. It was really almost like a series finale. Like, they mm-hmm. might not come back, and they're happy with that ending, you know? Because um, they killed off all the bad guys. The witch got killed. The son got killed. The, the head bad guy got killed a few weeks ago. So I don't know if that show's coming back. Plus, North Carolina lost all its financial incentives, so who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the best experiences uh, myself there um, with mm-hmm. the production. I blame myself a little bit. I was sick and under the weather, and we were just miscommunicating all over the place. So I don't know if they'd even have me back, to be honest. <laughs> but I love the people on the show were great. The wardrobe people mm-hmm. were great. The costume people, everybody was nice and yeah, it was just a little little rough edges when I went back. I was I left in North Carolina, although it was very cold when I went back last November. They had the first Arctic blast uh, when I first got there that week, and we were shooting in 24-degree weather, and the belly dancers were turning blue, and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, to George, for that question. I hope I didn't dispel a Sleepy Hollow fan from putting a step of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm really curious if it's going to come back next season because it just feels like the last yeah. it was so final. I was like, holy crap, I think they're ending the show. It was definitely weird. I mean, I, I really like that show, and I think they made some choices this season that were odd. It was definitely different from the first season. And Fox really got involved with it, which I think is bad for any production mm. studio to kind of come back and... You know, for instance, I was told, so I'm going to, this is all by hearsay, and I don't want to be called a liar if this comes up. But when I was there, people were saying, yeah, they, uh, we were episode four this season, season two, and the studio came back and said they just audience tested episode one of the second season, which is why they're doing that in the middle of the show already. It's already on the air. Okay, whatever. So they got a bunch of people. Who knows what kind of people they got together, whether they were fans or just people off the street. You never know. But they said they had a bunch of notes and they wanted to reshoot episode one again. Well, they were already on episode four. So they actually had oh, to go wow. back and shoot parts of episode one. And then they said, well, the stuff that you're changing changes our storylines in two, three, and four, which we've already shot. Are we going to go back and shoot those two? And they said, no, we just want the first episode because that's the one we tested. We wanted to meet these recommendations. And we're like, well, it's just a weird way of shooting a show. So 
Who knows? Who knows? Crazy. I, I can't. I can't second guess people like that. I'm a peon in this world of Hollywood. <laughs> So I wish I could make more decisions. There'd be more cool shows out there, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Carpenter at Snarky Sean said, how does it feel to be remembered by Power Ranger fans after all these years? It's cool. I like it. I think I was I shocked some people when I showed up two conventions ago for the Morphicon because nobody from my cast had ever been to. And so I think mm-hmm. my presence, people started talking a little bit more about Lightspeed, and then we got re-released on the DVD set. And then a lot of my cast did show up this last convention, so all of a sudden I think we were back on the map. So that was fun. It kind of reintroduced not just me, but the whole cast, because we were such a family while we were shooting it with Allison and Sean and everybody, Rhett, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sasha, Monica. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Keith. Mm -hmm. I did that intentionally because Keith should be well-known, but I like (laughs) (laughs) him. But um, that was cool. And what what I'm actually more excited about now is there's people that want to see the Mitchell family have a reunion with me and my two kids. I think I'm the only character in Power Ranger history that actually had children on the show and that it was also part of the active squad. You know, I was... Not just the yeah. commander of Lightspeed Rescue, but I had one kid that started off being a, a ranger, and the other one, the only ranger to be an American ranger, who eventually joined the, the squad to become our sixth ranger, um, have a titanium and a pink ranger. Man, it's nice to know that it's super firm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spitting out Power Rangers out of my loins, which was amazing. <laughs> Uh-oh, this is a kid's talk show, right? I should probably edit that, I guess, no. <laughs> anyway, but I am excited about the three of us kind of doing the convention scene together and maybe traveling and hanging out, because that was a, a fun little side thing in the show, you know, not just the whole adventure, but we had a family adventure that was going on there. And, you know, we even talked about making a short film with just the three of us doing something, but I'm not sure what the legal rights are of us being able to use our characters or not, but... Maybe we just call each other by our first names and put <laughs> at that. But yeah, that would be fun to do something like that. So that part of it is kind of exciting to maybe carry on a, another part of the story. Definitely. Excellent. So our next uh, listener question comes from the Monkey Grid at Monkey Ranger, and he asks, "How long did it take I you to say I am sick of this mustache?" Well, I think I've revealed this little fact at the convention, but we might as well let some people know that when I was first cast in the show, I was younger than I was supposed to be. I was in my thirties. The role mm-hmm. was supposed to be written 55 or older. Oh, wow. I was not the first choice. They actually chose an English actor to play the part because of the age difference. I was the backup choice. And because he would not reschedule a one-week vacation during the course of the six-month shoot, they wanted him totally available, he would not do that. He said, I've already paid for my ticket from not doing it, shoot around me, and they said goodbye. They let him go because of that. <laughs> and I overnight became the the choice i guess that was that's a fun story at some point but anyway then they kind of realized because the first audition i didn't do it but the second audition the callback i came in with gray in my hair and jonathan the executive producer was like oh you look much older today because i knew that was a concern the first time that i wasn't old enough and i said Mm -hmm. yeah i decided not to color my hair i just decided i let the natural gray come through well, as it was, I was sort of fibbing because I actually put the gray in my hair because I didn't really have gray in my hair. So <laughs> think that I was older. So when it came down to it, they were like, how can we make you older? We're obviously going to put gray in the hair, and we're also, maybe we'll do something like add a mustache to make them feel older. So the first 
and I can't remember three or four episodes that we did, I actually had a fake mustache on. <laughs> I went in and makeup applied it. Then we took Christmas vacation for like two weeks. And then when I came back over that vacation, I had grown my own mustache. So the rest of it was just mine that they kind of filled in a little bit more to add more bushiness to it or bushy look to it, you know, fill it in with makeup. But that's the oh, mustache okay. thing. So I did, I, I liked it. Um, all the stuff I shot, I shaved it when I was done with the show, but there were some shows I shot in, in between my shooting of Power Ranger episodes and movies where I was in that I have a mustache in. And I always know that that was from that one time period in my life. Because <laughs> that's the only time I had a mustache. So, okay, <laughs> one of our listeners, Uchi at Anime Redneck 96, said, uh, for Power Rangers, what was the most memorable moment behind the scenes or on screen? Well, it was sad when they were blowing up our station at the end, the last couple episodes, when the aqua base went down. You know, it was not just for the characters feeling like they lost something, and I'm standing there watching everything explode around me. They did a really cool mm. shot with the cameras kind of spinning around me as everything was spinning around me, and I'm just standing there dazed. But it was also knowing that, you know, our little Power Ranger life was coming to an end. That was sad. The last scene where we're all hugging, and that's all pretty genuine stuff there. We're all pretty sad that the whole experience was over, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Mr. Mike at M. Lundstead wanted to know how you felt about how your character was developed over season. Like, were you happy about it, or did you want more development for Captain Mitchell? Well, who wouldn't want more, right? But um, <laughs> No, I I mean, um, I, I think that somebody else told me this, and I don't know if it's gotten out there in the Power Ranger world, but I, was, I think I was the first series regular that wasn't a villain, that wasn't a Power Ranger. I mean, we mm-hmm. had, even the previous commanders were all just, they just showed up whenever they can. I don't know if they were a series regular, but I was the first live-action series regular, that, uh, and Monica, too, as Miss Fairweather. Uh, we were the first series regulars that were hired on the show that were not either villains or Power Rangers. And so I was thrilled at that. I thought that was very cool. So I enjoyed that. And, you know, it's always fun. Sometimes I got scripts where I was in it a bunch. And sometimes I got scripts where they went a different way. But that was sort of based on the Japanese footage and what they wanted to do with it. You know, they always use, you know, 8 to 10 percent or whatever Japanese footage. So they try to do mm-hmm. the American writers try to do storylines around those images, which was I thought it was pretty cool that they got to do that. And the fact that they created, you know, Miss Fairweather and Captain Mitchell anyway, because they weren't in the Japanese footage either. You know, we're total American characters. If they included us in that was kind of cool. And it was fun when those episodes where I got to turn evil and get possessed by Mesmer. You know, that was cool. You get to get tied up in the spider web and you're suspended from spider webs up, you know. I thought that was a lot of fun. And then there's episodes where I'm, like, not in at all except for the opening credit. And you're like, well, that, that sucks. So these days I didn't appreciate. <laughs> Actually, uh, one of my uh, favorite moments uh, of your characters in the show was giving Carter that pep talk about building, blowing up, and that speech about the choices we make determine who we are. I thought that was a pretty powerful scene. Yeah, that was that was cool, that whole training thing, and it's him and I, and, and I got to kick his ass, which I keep reminding him every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> This old character apparently kicking Carter's butt was awesome. I was like, well, how did he get so skilled in, like, all that? He was a firefighter, for God's sake. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I'm not going to question that. But um, yeah, it was fun. It was the whole fire thing, and, and actually, somebody somebody did a little picture of him and I sitting on the hillside, and it said something about, um, and they used a quote: "Sometimes heroes are." Oh, on my Facebook page, I can't remember it. And I was like, "Oh my God, look at that!" That was amazing. <laughs> you know? They made, a, you know, they do little quote things, and they put pictures, and they have quotes that are right on the pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That somebody did something with with the line. But I really appreciated they did that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I liked the whole Carter episode. That was fun. And then they thought I died when the building blew up, and I come rappelling down from the roof. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just another day in firefighting. And they're like, oh my god. Right? Wasn't uh, that cool? Yeah, it was cool. It was a great moment for Captain Mitchell. Yeah, and my mom. <laughs> Our uh, next listener question comes from Megan at Live Love Jelena. Did you ever try or want to try the Lightspeed Rescue Morph? Uh, no, I just let the kids do that. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of on a, a similar question, uh, Jen, New Jen. Uh, Even heroes are only humans. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Classic. Even heroes are only human. I still can't remember my lines. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, a similar question was, if you could ever be a ranger, what would your color choice be? I mean, the red rangers are so iconic, right? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. But I, I always kind of wanted to be the black ranger. We mm-hmm. didn't have a black ranger in our squad, and I was like, with my Navy uniform that I wore, it was sort of, you know, mostly black in color, so I was always like, I can just put on a black color <laughs> out there and fight as Captain Mitchell. <laughs> so, when I was shooting, I thought that would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Our next question is from PR101 at Rickman0804, and he asks, if you were asked to come back to Power Rangers, would you go? Yeah, I would love to, as long as we can work out the deal, because, you know, they've they've gone non-union again. When mm-hmm. I got it, it was a union gig, and for union actors, it's almost a no-no to go back and do something that's non-union. So they would have, we'd have to make up some kind of deal where all that would have to be factored in. But, yeah, I would love to. I was at the casting of this year's Power Rangers when I, I was at the final callbacks. I was helping Iris Hampton do some casting because she just wanted some help, and I wanted to hang out and see everybody, and it was kind of fun being there and seeing this year's Rangers. You know, they're shooting right now down in New Zealand. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, with Chip Lynn coming back to the show. Yeah, Chip Lynn was our writer. Uh, when you talked about the writing and did I like the writing, I had to say yes because Chip Lynn was – and Jackie Marshall were the two writers during our season. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones I give all the credit for creating a Captain Mitchell character anyway. you know, They were both awesome. I loved them both. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Chip's running the whole show now, which was kind of a shocking because, you know, he's yeah. a little bit mild-mannered, and now he's the boss. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Go, Chip. <laughs> I actually would like to approach him and try to find out if, if he'd let me come down to New Zealand and maybe direct an episode or two of this year's show. I'd, I'd like to do that. That would be awesome. I'm yeah, all be- for that. Yeah. Well, I have to say that our crew, our crew petitioned Jonathan and the, and the head executive heads of Saban at the mm-hmm. time because they felt like they liked our cast so much. Not to put anything down on the other cast because I've met a lot of them and they're great people. But they right. did act because I guess we're so family. We're such a tight unit that everybody liked each other that they petitioned Saban not to recast the show anymore. Like, let's just leave this cast in place. 
and continue doing more Power Ranger stuff, but, you know, they're locked in now on, on doing a new cast every year and different themes and stuff, so. Well, you guys did come back for the next year for the team-up. You guys, maybe the Rangers, but they did not invite <laughs> Captain Mitchell back. They let me be a voice in one of the monsters in the next year after us. What was the next year after us again? That was Time Force. Time Force, yeah, it was, it was Quagmire or some, one of those monsters on that. Yeah, and you've done some voice acting, too, right? Yeah, yeah, I uh, did. I've done a couple, Big O, the Big O, and then the big one was the movie that they made, and they made it into a feature film, and they brought it over here. Cowboy Bebop, I did some voices on that. We did all the ADR stuff with the loop group stuff, and then I ended up doing some of the mm-hmm. some of the voices we threw into that actually got credited. But that was fun doing that. You know, you do all the crowd stuff and all the scenes. I like doing that kind of work. It's fun. Are there any upcoming projects that you're working on now or that we can expect to see you in? There's a bunch of like smaller budget feature films I did that are listed on INDB under 2015. You know, a lot of times those stuff don't even surface anywhere, and you don't know if they're ever going to end up on TV. There's no TV stuff that I know of right now. Mm-hmm. I'm actually sitting outside an audition right now <laughs> for a feature <laughs> film for Lifetime about some baseball player I have to go in and an audition for here when I'm done with you guys. So maybe that, who knows? But, uh, you know, you never know uh, where the next job's going to come from. But uh, there's some smaller films and maybe a couple of short films, a couple of features that are lower budget that you always hope they actually finish. Sometimes they lose the money and they don't finish it or they just don't. It's more than they expected to do and they can't get the money together and all that right. footage dies somewhere in a, in a box. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also am trying to shoot some of my own films. I like little funny clips sometimes. I put stuff together. I've got the project that we're ready to go shoot, just three guys. We're going to go shoot out, so we'll probably put it under some YouTube account. Maybe throw it at some film festivals and stuff. I'm always trying to stay busy because, you know, you don't want to sit around and let the rust grow. Exactly. <laughs> you could ask your listeners. They should all try to go to Captain Mitchell of Lightspeed Rescue and, and like yes. the uh, Facebook page, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, the Mitchell family page. How's it listed? Is it? It's the Lightspeed Mitchell family on Facebook. I think we had to put Lightspeed in there somewhere to make it work, yes. If everybody likes those pages, then we could probably make more public appearances all over the place and stuff and can maybe get updated on what's going on. Allison's really good at all that Facebook stuff. Yeah, she's definitely getting out there more on the convention scene. I think she just did one in Arizona last weekend. Yeah, I heard so, Sean or somewhere like a week or two ago. Sean had never get, done it until this last summer, and now I think he's done a couple since, so that's cool. Yeah, we got to um, get the Mitchell family back together. Yeah, yeah, like that Mitchell family page and help us get out there, and we'll do more of that stuff. You can see Rhett. Rhett Rhett's hard to get, too, because he's mm-hmm. uh music career going now. He's got a band, and he's doing a lot more of that stuff. I got a lost CD, and it's pretty good. It's fun. Yeah, I listen to some of his music. It's really good. Well, Ron, we want to thank you so much for coming on to our show today. It's been really great talking to you. Uh, we're all really big Lightspeed fans, so uh, yeah, to have you... As well, you all should be. Exactly. <laughs> I have a question, too. Do you, I'm sure everybody oh. in Power of Your World has seen the, the new Dark as Shit. Or oh, the, yeah. The dark, dark Short. Everybody like that, or <laughs> the feeling on it? Okay, well, me personally, I just thought it was over-the-top, gratuitous, when it didn't need to be. I didn't like it. I don't think that's what Power Rangers is about at all. I just wish that when they were done the reveal at the end, instead of having the villainous there, which we won't spoil it for people, but mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great to have the mask ripped up and it's... Mitchell? <laughs> 
Joe's on you. <laughs> that would have been a much better ending. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I just thinking, I don't know. Again, we definitely want to thank you for coming on to our show today. It's been a real pleasure having you on, and hopefully we'll see you at a, another convention soon. That would be cool. Yay. That would be great. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Right. It's great to have uh, fans out there still for something we did so long ago. It's a lot of fun. But next up, I think I'm going to try to get on a Star Wars movies and, and get more fans. There you yeah. go. <laughs> well, that's fun. Be that. You know? <laughs> we were happy to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. All right. Peace out. See you. Be kind to each other. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH and like us on Facebook.com slash RangerCommandPowerHour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you're listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks.